Welcome to the Rebuilding Arizona Civics Podcast. This podcast aims to share our journey of sustaining Arizona's interest in reforms to civic education by implementing the Educating for American Democracy Roadmap. This work is being done by an amazing group of Arizona civic teacher leaders and overseen by the Center for Political Thought and Leadership at Arizona State University. I'm your host, Liz Evans, Director of Civic Education at Arizona State University, and I'll be interviewing Arizona teachers and thought leaders in civic education. We hope you enjoy our journey to make Arizona a national civics renewal model. Okay, so today we are on part one of our seven themes because we are going to split our seven themes into two podcasts. And that way you're not stuck listening to all of us talk about themes for an hour and a half. So today I have with me again, my three task force chairs, Jeremy, Tara, and Tammy. And we're going to be going through some of the themes, talking about why they matter. This is really just to get us started. You know, our last podcast, we introduced the EAD. If you haven't listened to that, I highly suggest you start with it. So I'm going to just go ahead and dive right in. First question, what is a theme and why does that matter? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, Tara Bartlett here, and I'll kick us off in terms of talking about what are the themes um, as they're organized in the roadmap and the significance behind these themes. So within the Educating for American Democracy Roadmap, uh, the framework itself is set up with seven overall themes. And really the purpose of these seven themes is to integrate the history and the civic education sides of the Educating for American Democracy report. And the way these themes are parsed out is that they are separated out by grade bands. So K2, 3-5, 6-8, and then 9-12. And within each of these themes, there are thematic questions that again marry the history and the civics alongside key concepts for each of those grade bands. And the sections also within these themes provide driving questions, but then also specific history and civic driving questions. And I'll let Tammy or Jeremy uh, hop in and talk more about the themes. Hi, um, this is Tammy. And um, I want to talk to you a little bit about why uh, the themes were chosen and um, the significance of having the themes. And um, it was really important um, as we began to look at all of the content that is part of history and civics, um, a way to organize it in a way that students can be able to categorize and understand it and create really a touch point. And when we thought about the idea of themes, we were thinking about this idea that you have all this information and I think of all of these facts, these people, places, events, ideas, I think about them as like balloons. And um, if you don't tether a balloon to something, it floats away. So I see the themes as a way to tether the ideas um, about history and, and, and civics and geography and economics um, in the roadmap. And, and by tethering them to a theme, students are able now to, um, 
to look at that theme and see how it applies in different historical uh, constructs and different um, examples of um, civic movements. And they are able to then also take that theme and its spirals because you're looking at those same seven themes from your K2 grade band all the way to your 912 grade band. I think the fact too that the, and I'm looking at the the page on the site right here. I, I recommend what you do is is when you have time and you're sitting in front of a computer, when you go to educatingforamericandemocracy.org, click on the interactive roadmap, which is one of the menu options at the top, and you will then see from that page the seven themes. And if you click on the buttons for each of those themes, you can scroll down and see these key concepts and these guiding questions by grade band and um and, and broken into more history focused and more civics focused. I love the way though that it's laid out because visually it demonstrates the interplay between the civics and the history um, because it lines them up in two columns alongside one another. Uh, one of the things though that I think is really great about the fact that we have these, these like interlocking but, uh, but distinct enough themes is that, yeah, we have one set of Arizona state standards, but different districts and different schools have dialed those down into different kinds of courses. And so these themes do not presume a specific kind of course layout or format or sequence because something like, and I don't want to tip the hand too much because we're going to get into the themes. Like one of the, the themes is civic participation. One of the themes is a people in the world. And I think that however, a, a district or a school has created courses and curriculum out of the state standards, you'll be able to find connection points for these. So this, this actually provides a layer of a, a, a significant amount of flexibility and, um, and connectivity that again, like we said in, in the, the previous episode, this is not something entirely new and separate that you put on your plate. This is something you mix in with what you're already doing. And for our listeners, I will make sure in our show notes, we have a link that takes you right to the seven themes. And I think that's one of my favorite things is there are the grade bands. And if you're a kindergarten teacher, you can look at, you know, thematic questions that you can use with your kindergartners and you might already be doing it in your ELA or in your math or in your science. So since Jeremy brought up civic participation, we are going to start with that theme. Civic participation is the first one. So Let's talk about what does this look like in practice? Um, so civic participation is um, the first theme listed, although it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go in a specific order on, on the themes. But the one thing about the civic participation theme is it is the essence, essence of why we educate for American democracy. I think about this idea of um, when the Constitutional Convention has ended, we've all heard that story of um, a woman asking Ben Franklin, you know, what type of government have you created for us? And he talks about a republic if you can keep it. And that keeping of the republic is in the hands of, of the people, that idea of we the people. So we have to teach students. It's not automatic. We have to teach our youth how to have the skills and the dispositions to be able to effectively participate, to gather the information necessary to make these participatory decisions and really um, give them practice in how we participate. 
So we're looking at these principles and values and habits that um, support productive, healthy engagement in our society. And it's really exciting too, because the thematic questions for this unit really pull together this idea of the historical precedent that's been established, and then the onus on the students as the people to, um, to participate effectively and appropriately in our constitutional democracy. That's right. So this one, I would have to agree with Tammy, really is at the core of what it is that we want students to uh, kind of mold themselves into being as future uh, civic change makers within their own community. And this theme really dives into that, you know, looking at the historical lens um, of leadership through past examples, but then also present day leaders in terms of what they're doing to create change within their own community. And what's a beauty about the roadmap is that you're not tied to a specific, you know, event or person or place in time and history. And you can really look within your own like local communities, um, state level, but then also, also the national level. Um, something else is that this skill-based um, civic learning is really embedded within this first um, theme. So looking at in terms of media literacy skills, um, having civil dialogue, so creating what we've come to call like a civic friendship that also sometimes is a part of a civil disagreement that you might have with other students um, within your classroom. And so looking at how students can participate in their classroom in these spaces that they can take these risks and start to learn about how they can eventually be, um, you know, beyond high school, involved in their own communities in a healthy and civil discourse manner. I think what you'll see as you look over uh, this theme, and especially as you go from K-12 up through, or K-2 up through 9-12, is that there is an inextricable relationship between the knowledge and the skills and the dispositions and then the involvement. I know that like civic engagement is can be a hot button issue. And I know that there are there, I mean, there are things that I've seen where it seems like the the emphasis on is is on being engaged, not being informed. And that's that's a little scary. Um on the other hand, just learning things about how a bill becomes a law and how things are supposedly funded in government and then not doing anything with it, that also seems kind of pointless. That That's not how we're going to keep the republic. And so I think that if you go and look through the questions and the concepts that are related to this theme, you'll see clearly that there is that these are two sides to the same coin. They cannot be divorced from one another. Um, and another thing that I'll, I'll throw out there that I am particularly happy with about this, in addition to that, um, is the fact that, you know, this is, there's a lot implied again about dispositions, as Tammy said, and the habits. Like, here's a, a quote right from it that you build civic friendship through informed civil dialogue and productive disagreement. We're not hiding from the fact that this diverse republic is going to have a lot of disagreement just baked into our discourse. Well, how do we get students to have the knowledge and have the skills and develop the temperament to be able to do that productively alongside their fellow citizens who might not agree with them? And I think that's a really, I think that's a really important piece to this. Um, and uh, and is explicit in the roadmap throughout. So our next theme then, because we could talk about civic participation forever, because it is so, I love the way all of this is explained in the roadmap, 
the way you all explained it, because it's not pushing an agenda. We're talking about having conversations that are informed. And unfortunately, the stuff that students see on social media, maybe on TV, that they're not really getting a whole lot of models for that. So it is very important. And I'm very excited to do this work. The next theme is changing landscapes. And so for me, I'm thinking, well, this is geography. I don't teach geography. And that's not true. We all teach geography. How does this theme fit into subject areas in social studies that aren't just geography? Because I think what happens a lot of times is people say, I teach economics. I teach government. And that's not really what this EAD roadmap is parsed out as. So how does this kind of go in with everything else in the social studies? Yeah, so I think this second theme, the name of it are changing landscape. I know that landscape can be somewhat of a misnomer in terms of only thinking about this in geographical terms, right? So we want to kind of expand that landscape to also bring in the cultural, um, the social, the economic, um, the political, all these different landscapes that, you know, we live through on a daily basis and have students really engage with those in a historical lens as well as a current lens. And so that might look like having students look beyond just their own geographical regions and look at the U.S. as a whole in terms of histories and our connections to the land here in the United States, right? That's also going to include a lot of conversation around indigenous histories and the many peoples that have inhabited this land throughout the course of history, even beyond um, you know, the U.S. formally becoming the United States. And so looking at each student's own cultural, um, what they bring to the table, their own culture, their own familial and societal connections, Um, But then analyzing how all of these um, kind of different identities and culture uh, connections translate to how they will be engaging as future citizens of this country and how that's going to then shape what they're doing in their own communities. I think, too, that this opens the door at all the grade levels to appreciating geography for more than just physical geography and political geography, which is, I think, the vast majority of people's experience or conception of geography as well. It's stuff on a map, meaning lines on a map that delineate political borders. And then it's a river and some mountains and things like that. Um, The fact that the United States is so big and the fact that we, we include so many different regions and so many different kinds of people, you know, think about, think about lessons Uh, In an American history class where we talk about, you know, the pre-American revolution, the three main colony areas and how economically, culturally, environmentally, like how different they were. I mean, that's that's geography center stage. And um, and those things, those themes still play such an important role in our country. Now, you you think about the radical difference in, in many ways, politically and socially and culturally between our dense urban centers, the suburbs and our rural areas. And what kind of politics come out of those and, and whatnot. And so I think we, we need to, geography needed to get its foot in the door because geography, again, is a lot more than, than lines on a map. The human geography, the cultural geography, all those kinds of things need to be uh, woven into a good civic education 
Um, and I think, as I said, I mean, we're a really big country with a lot of diversity and we need to, our student, students need to appreciate that in order to be able to tackle the kinds of civics issues they're going to deal with, you know, in the future. Hi, I really, um, I love this theme so much because it is a theme that really touches all aspects of our Arizona state standards at each grade level. And I think um, Tara and Jeremy brought up some really great um, examples of, of how it does this. What I really like about this theme also is it goes beyond just the social studies. Um, when I think about some of the ideas like this idea of um, natural environments and um, cost benefit analysis in terms of um, um, our economic choices with this theme, you have really great links to, uh, to uh, STEM, to science, to economics um, those, in those different areas. I really also like the fact that you can take this theme of a changing landscape and you can apply it to your state also and your um, your uh, your city, um, your county. And many times when we look at a document like the roadmap, we think, how does this apply specifically to my third grade standards, which are dealing with Arizona or the Arizona history and government portion of, of the state standards. But just looking at this, um, this change in the landscape of, um, of Arizona itself um, and those issues, or even looking at, you know, I'm um, housed here in Phoenix and looking at ways Phoenix has changed, not just um, the environment of Phoenix as we begin to build out and the impacts of that, but also this idea of the people who have come to, to Arizona now. We have um, the Sun Belt and the migration of, of people from the East Coast. How does that change our politics? How does that change our culture? How does that change our language here in Arizona? So I find that this this theme, well, it looks like, hey, um, on face value, we're just going to look at, you know, hey, it says landscape, so let's just look at the map. Um, I think it goes really deep to the core and the heart of, of some of these um, civic ideals and um, issues and especially current problems and um, events that are happening. Those were great explanations and really hit home to the fact that sometimes we read something and make an assumption about what it is. Um, and this is why we're, you know, doing this podcast and doing this work. We really want people to explore it and to see that it's not just something that is stands alone and only certain people can teach it. Our next theme we're going to talk about is we, the people, um, and this will be the last one for this podcast. Please listen to part two, because we're going to get into the rest of them, but for the theme, we, the people, how does this theme explore the people as a political concept? Well, America is an interesting place for lots of reasons. One of them is that, and, and you know, Tocqueville wrote about this in the 19th century. Lots of political theorists and scientists have written about it, that although at our origin, there were obviously uh, cultural, uh, like there were cultural ties that bound. Um, we are more than anything else. We're, we're a nation of ideas. Um, we're not bonded by blood. You know, we, we don't have a single ethnicity. We don't have, um, we don't, we do not identify our nationality as 
a certain ethnic group or a a certain like racial group we're we're bonded by these ideas of you know that we find in the declaration of independence that we find in the constitution that we find in the bill of rights and and on and on from there and uh, and it's important for i mean for anybody obviously uh, but for students especially to understand you know that there are there are many different ties that bind individuals to groups and we can talk about region and we can talk about um uh, place and space in that previous theme about geography, but the ideas are what sit, you know, really at the at the foundation of of who we are and and what we uh, what we do and how we function together as a group. I mean, as groups, and then as groups that come together as groups. I mean, I, I actually look at this and I look at some of the key concepts and the questions in it, and I see a really rich foundation for discussing contemporary political parties and how you know. The Democratic Party is not a monolith. The Republican Party is not a monolith. Uh, go back 50 years and those parties are different. Like, how do you how do you account for all the different kinds of ideas and positions and perspectives and how and why did those people come together? Um, and again, this theme looks at it over time using historical examples or encourages the use of historical examples, but then also from a more um, conceptual or theoretical standpoint, like a political science standpoint. Hi. So when I look at this um, theme of We the People, I love the fact that it really encompasses the civic participation theme and the changing landscape theme. And what I really love about it is this idea of the tension sometimes between the idea of e pluribus unum. So we are many, right? We have a society built on um, immigration, migration. Um, we have people who came to this country um, voluntarily, people who were brought to this country uh, through enslavement. We have indigenous peoples who've lived in this country. So we have a vast, we are one of the most diverse nations in the world politically, religiously. This is a great opportunity to discuss maybe some of that religious diversity in our country and how it's impacted um, politics and culture. Um, we are a group that has our own our own cultural ties, but we come together, right? We have that we have that um, multiple people who come here or who were here and are part of the body politic. But we also have a shared political culture that we the people are part of. And this idea that we have values and principles that tie us together as the people. And I think that's really exciting thing for students to look at because a lot of times students think about what is it that separates us? This theme can be something that talks about, yes, we have individualism, individual ideas, but we also have a, a large a large tie that brings us together as the people in the United States. We have um, this constitutional democracy that depends on the people being a part of it, and we also have um, we also have this um, balance with our individualism and uh, the groups that we create and associate with. So to me, this is a very exciting theme. And when I think maybe sometimes about teaching, when I was a te teacher in the classroom, I was thinking about teaching my American history class. I always thought about that idea of looking at it from the perspective of we, the people, who we are, how we've changed and what we'll become. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the theme, we the people, I think really encompasses both sides of the roadmap in terms of looking at our country in that historical lens of we the people, but then also presently, we the people, right? What does that look like? And so universally, the U.S., you know, we're a very pluralistic uh, country, um, as both Tammy and Jeremy alluded to in a myriad of ways. And so this theme in particular drives home a lot of reflection around these challenges that our country has been faced with due to being such a pluralistic society, but also what opportunities have arisen for our country to come together in terms of unity in creating these features and benefits that really best serve everyone here in our country. Um, so I, I agree, this theme um, is exciting in terms of teaching you know, we the people because that is so baked into so many of our founding documents um, but sometimes I think as teachers, that's not always, um, you know, deep dive in terms of what does that that phrase really mean? Um, so I think that between the guiding questions and the challenges that are posed um, within this particular theme, we the people, this is just a really exciting approach um, to look at that history of our country um, to what we're facing today. Thank you. So those are just the first three themes Please stay tuned for part two, where we're going to go over um, the next four themes with our same wonderful task force chairs. Thank you for listening. You can find the Center for Political Thought and Leadership on social media channels. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. And on a last note, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent the Center for Political Thought and Leadership or Arizona State University. Thank you.